Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with friend of the show, Coda Gerson. Coda has been on the show before. I think the last time was during one of our marathon shows at Full Service Radio. Uh, I think she was one of like 30 guests that day that we all uh, were in a very small room together in the midst of a, a bustling neighborhood in a bustling city on a very uh, busy Saturday day uh, into night. And uh, now we can't meet together indefinitely. Uh, Coda works in the music industry, so this episode is uh, music-focused, but if you do not work in the music industry, it's perfectly fine. It is relevant to your life. Speaking of music, if you are listening to this on Spotify, thank you. Uh, please consider going to youmethemeverybody.com and visiting our About page. There you will find the link to our Patreon account. If you're listening to this on youmethemeverybody.com or in iTunes, there is a link to that Patreon account in the podcast description. Without further ado, here's Coda Gerson. Do you think the music industry will recover from this? I do, but... Why? The, I, well, I think the scary quash, question is when. Okay. Um, I believe that no matter what people want live experiences in their life, what that looks like going forward may not look like the shows that we're used to. Um, but that's probably the case for a lot of different industries. So you were at like a a, a mom and pop venue shop. You were at like a regular venue. And <laughs> yeah. now you're at a, at a venue that's part of a bigger thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like the, the venues that are parts of bigger things, the venues that are part of casinos, hotels, et cetera, Vegas pretty much is mm-hmm. somewhat safer than any other non-gambling type of venue. Or am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I The reality is it's not an independent venue. So those independent venues are the ones that are at a much higher risk because a venue that's more corporate has multiple sources of income there's mm-hmm. just a bigger safety net. That being said, who knows if the casino opens up, but when the theater will open up, it may not be an all at once endeavor. And that's where the uncertainty lies in because you also need to make sure that the bands want to go on tour. What or do they not. need to be safe? Because yeah. you've had, you've personally, <laughs> you've personally hosted a hologram show. That is true. <laughs> so, the, was, Buddy, was it Buddy Holly? It was Roy Orbison. Um, Roy Orbison. Yes. Roy Orbison. You had a Roy Orbison hologram show. <laughs> Number one, how was it? It was more interesting than I expected. It was odd um, oh, yeah. and weirdly lifelike in ways that the tassels on his jacket would move in the wind. And then all of a sudden he would disappear into a wisp of smoke and you would see interviews with other musicians playing. Um, it was different. It was very different. Okay. So these hologram shows, it's like there's a hologram that's literally center stage, but surrounding them yes. are flesh and blood musicians, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's so this have, screen that comes in front and then a whole band behind it. So have you had any shows where it's just a screen? Uh, the closest one I could think of is I saw uh, a K-pop, version of a human being at the anthem but it was a similar situation where it was like five flesh and blood individuals and one fake real digital superstar so that's hatsune miku yeah and we had her booked actually oh really um, so, it's a great yeah, show so, 
<laughs> I was looking forward to it. It's but yeah, show. again, real blood flesh musicians and yeah. then this hologram that just appears and she's particularly interesting because it's this whole personality that's developed mm-hmm. around her and i think my understanding is even her vocals it's not some ghost vocal it's an actual software program that was developed to make her that sing. is correct or at least yeah. that's how it's publicly spoken about like right it I, could all I be a lie i don't know exactly and even if it is good for them right the, I don't the care. story is plausible and i like it yeah it's great i highly recommend that show i feel like i don't i, I I don't know why to me that seems more like a reasonable thing to come back sooner than a classic mm-hmm. touring structure, but it's still a classic touring structure. It's just one additional piece of technology. Exactly. Are there any purely technology based things? Maybe like a, like a DJ is the easiest one to, to bring back in terms of one performer, but is there any live experience that you could see working uh, sooner rather than later at a theater within a casino? My gut reaction is to say comedy because a lot of really? these comedians are tour by themselves. A lot of them, if they have anyone, it's just a single tour manager. And I'm wondering if a lot of it's going to come with um, how people sit in the theater. So yeah. I, I imagine okay. there's going to be spacing, which might make it uncomfortable to do a comedy show that way. Is the only thing that so- might be. From the performer's perspective, as somebody that's performed technically comedy, uh, that sounds like a horrible idea. Not because, <laughs> not because the the first part. The first part, you're absolutely right. A single performer comic is the is the way to go. Mm-hmm. The comedy of all the art forms that you guys would host, that most theaters would host, is the most audience dependent. Right. And six feet apart does not work at all. And it, the echo of that laughter, I'm sure, it would be just dismal <laughs> i don't know yeah, but it, at, at a certain point i wonder if people if performers will be open to it just to start that cash flow coming in again um i wonder if do you know mystery science theater yes i wonder if that's the type of thing that could work like a like a live commentary track so you play the movie and so like the comedy is weird but it's not stand up and it's not uh-huh. sketch. It's not, and everyone knows the material, the source material, or they don't care. And it's a, and it's a chance for people to have like miniature groups to talk over a thing together. Does this make sense? I know that I think that makes a lot of sense. And we've the done things. Only kind thing of, I could think of. We were going to do a show um, with the cast of Shit's Creek, which yes. I thought was going to be awesome. And that's more of a, I think, watch clips of behind the scenes or of the show mm-hmm. and then have the castmates talk to each other. So again, it's funny, but it's not waiting for a punchline and then you're talking to no one. They're talking so to each other. So here's my problem. My problem with that is that is too popular of a show that sold out Dar constitution hall. That will obviously sell out your venue. Yeah. We sold the, out twice for that one. So exactly. That's the, other. the good thing about mystery science theater is like, it's this very specific type of audience. <laughs> it's not going to sell as much. And also, if you miss something, you're okay with it. There aren't any mm-hmm. super fans of obscure movies. That's why they're obscure movies. Right. So that's, I'm just, are you hopeful right now? I'm hopeful because what else am I going to do? You know, my whole life is live entertainment. So I'm ready to get it back. But I also know we're going to be the last ones to come back. And, and 
hold on here. You have a degree. What's your degree? I have a degree um, in music industry studies. In music industry studies. Yes. I thought before the global pandemic, the form, the 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 type of music industry that you're in is the safest, the live form. I, and now, I'm wrong. <laughs> I 100% agree. I thought there's no replacement for live music, nothing else. And I guess I was looking at it from the perspective of the audience. The audience is always going to want this product. Mm -hmm. I didn't think of outside forces making that product impossible to bring to life. Now, (laughs) it's also important to say where you obtained your degree, not necessarily the college, but the the city of which you you resided (laughs) I was in New Orleans, Louisiana. So you're in like, arguably, what's the music capital of the United States? Is it New Orleans or Nashville or New uh, York City or LA? I literally I think don't it know. Depends. I maybe Nashville, I, but they're all big music cities. Yeah, like when I think of New Orleans, I think of music. Period. Like mm-hmm. it's and it's pretty much. Yeah, you're one of America's best music cities, if not most important music city. You work in live entertainment. You worked at multiple venues in and around Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no live music right now in New Orleans. Right. And New Orleans you, is already opening, um, yeah. which may not be the best move. Um, but you work in a place right now that's going to be in phase one as of this weekend. Yes. But I think you guys don't get to open until phase three because you're in the music, so you're in the entertainment, you're in the theater side of it. Is that correct? Exactly. That's what we're looking at right now. But even if we get to phase three, we can't open in a way that's not safe to the public. So it's I would expect modified openings from all your venues. Now, I feel like your venue, even though it's in a very large building, mm-hmm. is safe than other venues in a very large building because number one, it's a casino. They have mm-hmm. money to clean the place. Number yes. one. And number two, I wouldn't be shocked if Vegas starts unveiling this like weird, we're spraying down the whole theater with Purell technology. <laughs> like before, during and after the, I'm completely serious. And after the show that essentially like sanitizes everyone. <laughs> No, I think you're right. I, we are going to have access to technology that is going to be casino specific. I don't know if we're implementing it or what we're going to do, but I know that one of our things is we check the temperature of everyone mm-hmm. coming in. And I do know that there is some surveillance equipment that allows you to yeah. do that from cameras. And so knowing everyone's temperature while they're walking around, if they get a fever while they're in the building, we would know if we implemented this. Um So I do think that there's precedent for some crazy sci-fi ideas here, like a Purell shower that could exist, not out of the realm of possibility. I've also, I also wouldn't be shocked if you guys figured out and every major casino figures out a way to like keep these marquee performers coming. Let's say Mm -hmm. Brittany or Christina Aguilera, I'm clearly dating myself here, want to (laughs) come and perform there. I wouldn't be shocked if you guys figured out a way to socially distance everyone by just selling like six person tables and making it like an exclusive event and right. able to actually fetch more for the ticket price. The Everyone in theory feels safer, but there's also this level of exclusivity. We're like an anthem, a giant, probably the same size venue as you guys, 
but no like box service potential can't do that. You guys could thrive in that field. And that is one of the things that we always strive to do was create these intimate experiences with artists that you would never see up close. So that feeds into the ultimate goal anyway of intimate in a large space Um, or not even a large space, but it will feel larger if we do a sort of tables or distance seating. Uh, But I do think that there absolutely is a real possibility for that. And when you get a caliber of artists that have diehard fans, they are willing to pay that ticket price to have that experience. I think you're right. Do you think this is, let's go away from the casino for a bit, but not really. Do you Mm -hmm. think this is going to encourage people, this being the global pandemic, to explore new music or to just go into their comfort zone of nostalgia? I think it could go both ways. Um, I'm really happy to see that artists are still putting out music during this time because what a better time when you've got, you know, your whole world shaken up to have new music. Um, But I also think that in times of great stress, you go to what you know and what's comfortable. So it depends on the, the consumer. Um, but I do do love that artists are putting stuff out. Do you have Sirius XM? I do not. No, I have it as a trial basis because if you get your car fixed because there's rats in your car and you bring it to the place (laughs) to get it fixed, they'll give you, (laughs) you bring it to the dealership or whatever, they'll give you a a trial. So I'm listening to Sirius XM for the first time, really first time not rental car related. And I'm discovering that the, like 90% of the channels, you're going to hear the same music. on like a three to six hour loop right and that really bummed me out because i thought the whole premise of sirius xm was sort of like a college radio station where it's like it's completely up to the dj you never really know what you're gonna get it's this random wonderful cornucopia of oddities and mainstream stuff and it's just not like that at all really yeah it's not that was my perception too it's not little steven's underground garage is the only channel where i found that it's truly dj determined a few on the hip-hop stations but like that's really it and you know what go please you know what you oh, you know what you might like is this app called tune in radio and you can access radio stations including college radio stations from around the country and find the weirdest stuff yeah and it's i've done so much fun. i get it i like it but the difference is i just i've never played with sirius xm before and i was yeah like and I also just really wanted to know, like, is Stern as good as everyone says he is? He gets, he gets <laughs> so much better than he was a decade ago. He's remarkably really? good now. Oh, yeah, he's great now. Now, there's a huge asterisk with that. Like, anything pre-2000, like, not really. So, um, anyways, that's not the point. The <laughs> point is, I was, I'm kind of all over the place here, and this is what I do almost every single show, because as I'm talking to you, my attention is being split between a baby monitor and a microphone. So <laughs> I'm like, I got to get everything out because he wakes up sometimes too early. So I apologize for the mania. So I use Spotify as a way to categorize music by best of year. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So from 19, I think the start of recorded music, it's, it's essentially a hundred years. Every year from 1920 forward, I have best of blank. So best of 1945, best of 1969, best of 1975, et cetera. Wow. And every time I hear a new song that I really like that maybe I didn't know, I categorize it based on the release date, right? Very, very That's simple. That's great. And so my Discover Weekly on Mondays on Spotify, perfect. I love it. It's great. There's always uh, one to five new tracks of the like 20 or 30 or 40 that you get. 
It's great. And that's kind of why I wanted to check out SiriusXM. It's like, what if I miss? Where are my holes? I, I want to know, not necessarily everything, but I, I want to know what scratches an itch I didn't even know I had, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I use music. And I think I'm the minority in this. And I think that the way we discovered music pre-pandemic was live, in person, and every single barrier makes it so much more difficult for any non-established artist. I think we're going to be living in a nostalgia factory for the next five to 10 years. Oof. I think there's two people that could fit into that though. I know people who won't go to a concert unless they love and know that artist inside Mm -hmm. and out. And then there's people like you and I who will go to a show just to go to a show, check it out, find new music, see the opener. Do we like it? Um, And that level of exploration is obviously going to be decreasing. Of course, there's all these online streaming concerts that are coming out. I feel like I'm in the minority there where those kind of bum me out. Oh, (laughs) no. You're not in the minority. Really? I I get literally 200 to 300 press releases a day. I know hundreds if not thousands of performers, be it comedy or music. I've watched zero of these. Same. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a traitor for not supporting it, but I've never been one to sit on YouTube all day and watch old concerts. Like it, it doesn't have a feeling to me that a live event does. And so I, I just don't get anything out of it. I'm still going to try and watch some and have an open mind because it's happening constantly, but it, it isn't a replacement. That's for sure. Do you think your hearing is going to improve based on the global pandemic? <laughs> I know it's not like other things. It's not like you're quitting drinking, your liver heals, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's not how, you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you think that the lack of live sound is going to be good for your ears overall? I actually was just thinking about this this week. I do a little bit. However, I am an earplug nerd. Oh, um, okay. I have multiple pairs of the custom earplugs. I am hyper vigilant about my hearing. Uh, but then on that, not having any amplification at all times in my ears, three to four times a week. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. probably a good thing for them. Do you, are you afraid of tinnitus or do you know anyone that has it? Both. I'm terrified of tinnitus and I know people who have it. I do not is, want it. Is it your biggest, most realistic fear? It's definitely up there. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. I always think of snakes, but. <laughs> Great. Now I'm helping. <laughs> yeah, let's I want to know your... all my. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Fear. What are your top five fears? Oh, man. Well, there's some that are definitely, I, I guess you could categorize like bugs and serpents into one big category so is that number five or number one oh i don't know the order i might just have to spit them out we could do a blanket five i'll write them all down and then we'll go over bugs slash (laughs) serpents um losing yeah losing my hearing that's or tinnitus is definitely one big difference though true but i'll put it i'll just write ears Ears. I'm maintaining my level of hearing. I've I've been. You know how when you were in elementary school, you had hearing tests, and it's like mm-hmm. if you hear the beep, raise your hand. Yeah. I've done that as an adult just to check. That's good. Yeah, I'm like really want to make sure those things are good. That's really good. <laughs> um, let's see what else scares me. Then they get a little more existential. Of course. Uh, like fear of people around me 
or people I love dying violent deaths. Ooh, da- your own or just like you, you you don't worry about your own violent death. You worry about those around you. Those more you other love. people. Got yeah, because I don't have to deal with the impact if I die a violent death. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so others violent death. Um, this one is just self consciousness, but I have a fear of people thinking I'm stupid. Ah. Okay. And um, it's not a horrible one, but I've noticed it more lately. Heights a little bit, but only like if you I don't like... like short people, you don't like tall people or <laughs> tall buildings. I'm more scared of what I'll do if I'm at the top of a tall building. Ah, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're okay. These are all very reasonable. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what order they're in though. Just kind bugs of a... slash serpents, Ugh, losing your yeah. hearing, others violent death, fear of people thinking you're stupid, and and tall buildings slash heights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a plane, I'm okay because I can't oh, okay, do that's anything. Good. Yeah, like you're... I can't do anything. But if I'm at the top of something tall and there's only a railing in between me mm-hmm. and the plunging below, I have a fear my brain is going to take over and do something I wouldn't rationally do. Okay. Do you feel like you should be crawling on the ground when you're that high? <laughs> like I like staying towards the back, you know. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, let's say I have to go clean the gutters, and you have to go on the roof of like a two or three story building. Do you feel comfortable doing that? I would do it. I'd say one of the bigger times it was a fear. I went on the catwalk above our stage mm-hmm. in the venue, and you could see it was on a grate where you could see below. Yeah. And I hated walking and being able to see people below me and walk on top of them. Oh, I hated that. Yeah, that's that. really scary. Here's a good way to get over that. I was the lighting crew manager in high school, so I did this <laughs> a lot. And it was like a, a classic high school auditorium. So you're mm-hmm. up probably 50 feet above, and it's this exact same scenario. It's a probably not that dissimilar from MGM, honestly, in terms of like I believe that, yeah. So what we would do, because we were teenagers, is we would like whip old dead light bulbs at the wall so they would explode. So if we would change a light bulb like 50 feet up in the air, you just throw the wall and that eliminates your fear. I need to try that. Because all you're doing I... is you're just making other people fucking scared that things are exploding <laughs> around them. I never thought to make my own fears go away. Just make everyone else more terrified. Yeah, that's the premise of Twin Peaks. You pass the evil along. I have never seen Twin Peaks. Well, you might enjoy it. There's no shame. I in think that. I would. I and that that would be a good thing to to watch right now. Although it's I've a been perfect too, thing to watch right now. I've been like avoiding a lot of new series because then I just sit on my couch all day because I can. <laughs> What's so your I'm, favorite uh, television show or book or movie? Something that you consider like formative to who you are. There, you know, I've really loved and I've rewatched it maybe five times already is The Good Place. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's so smart and it really yes. made me think yes. about myself and how I interacted yeah. with people in the world. Okay, so that show the did good, some good for me. Absolutely. No pun intended. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great show. And if you want to stretch it, it's not a mm-hmm. good comparison at all. But I think it's fair to say, you, since you've watched the whole show, we could spoilers obviously. Yeah. The at the end when they go mm-hmm. away for the last time, mm-hmm. 
you could there's a there's a little bit of an elef- element of the Twin Peaks and the Black Lodge here. Now I'm giving nothing away. It's a huge stretch. It's uh-huh. a fun thing to acknowledge. Um, you might enjoy Twin Peaks. I think uh, I if would like a good place. I love campy stuff too. So I've always That's known I'd like Twin it. Twin Peaks is both campy and not campy. It's it's unintentionally Riverdale is trying to do camp via Twin Peaks. Have you watched Riverdale? I've tried to watch Riverdale because uh, one of the characters is from Twin Peaks. One of the actresses uh. is from Twin Peaks. And also, I legitimately like Luke Perry. And uh, he was on there until he passed away. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that he passed away or that he was on Riverdale. That he was on Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his son is a wrestler. Interesting. His son is Did Jungle Boy. He wrestles in AEW. Yeah. You know way more about wrestling than I do. I think we can yeah, safely book about assume it. that. <laughs> I read your book. It was good. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> Why? You put it into the world. Was I not supposed to consume it? <laughs> I didn't I put it out in the world thinking people would read it. I put it into the world to wash my hands of what would happen over the next four years. And thus far, I've sadly <laughs> been proven correct. <laughs> that is true. You are a prophet. Not a prophet. Not a prophet. That makes me sound like Charlie from the hit show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> which I have watched, although not in a while. And to me, surprisingly holds up. Oh, that's great to hear. They've been on a I long time. I am shocked that it holds up. Is it over? Is it over now? No, no. It's still going. Wow. Still going. And Max show on um, Apple TV is not bad. It's But there's only like three shows on Apple TV. So <laughs> then you can watch them all. Yeah. It's not, I'm not advocating for that. Um, do you, are, are you still friends? Are you still plugged in at all to the non-giant uh, music scale scene? Do, uh, do, are you still friends or uh, following your smaller scale shows? Shows I would run into you at DC Nine occasionally. Shows of that size, a hundred or less. Absolutely, I those shows are always going to be a part of my life. I think that's where I feel most a part of something. And for me, being a music industry professional the other side of also being a part of a music community is what makes both of them compatible and fulfilling. So I, those small shows are so important and I'm, I think we'll always be a little punk kid at heart. I like that scene. Now that scene to me seems like the easiest to recover because Mm -hmm. most venues 50 or less are going to be the first to open. And those are the, honestly, probably the show I would prefer to go to. If, if I go to a show, I want it to be super small about the size of my living room or completely opposite. I want massive. So I want Capital One Arena or I want <laughs> a living room. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, so, you're right. Those are going to be the first ones to open. I think we'll see the DC9s. This is, of course, if they can open soon because there is the problem that these are independent venues and they are not getting any income during this time. So it's important to find ways to support these venues while they're closed. If you want to see them open again. Um, And there are ways to do that. Or are we going to see a complete death of that and a complete rise of house shows? I hope there's not a complete death of it, but I also think, yes, you're going to see house shows, but that, and I'm not as plugged into the house show circuit in DC as I was in new Orleans. That's, no question. Um, but I do know it exists and I have been to 
some small house shows in DC and you know, that's always going to be the friends of friends touring around Mm -hmm. or you have the David Bazans of the world who have done entire tours in strangers living rooms, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and sad. I missed that tour. Do you feel as a human being, but also from as a human being, what a horrible preface as a human (laughs) being. It's an Android. No, no. Where do you think you're going to feel safer at a house show or at a big venue show, big venue being anything blackhead and bigger. So like uh, 400 people or bigger. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I'm thinking of pros and cons to both of them. You have a house mm-hmm. show. It's less people, but how do I know they've cleaned it? Mm-hmm. Um, versus a black cat where I would trust they're taking precautions, but I'm going to be hiding in the corner trying to avoid people. Yeah. So there's going to be risks to everything. And I think it's what risks are you willing to take in order to have some normalcy to your life? Well, that's the thing. Could you even have normalcy in this if if the entire time it's a risk? Like you're consistently playing out that is this worth it scenario in your head? No. I And until there's a vaccine, I don't think there's going to be any sort of real comfort. Um, but I am seeing people start to take more risks, which scares me. I'm still like safety first. I'll let everyone else go out in the first wave. I'm staying indoors. Um, that's just my personality, but I, yeah, I don't think until a vaccine comes around, people are going to feel a level of comfort. Like will a mosh pit exist again? You know, at what point are people literally going to feel okay rubbing sweaty bodies against each other? I hope they come back, but I think that'll come back a lot sooner than the stuff that I was attending. Cause I'm 37. Mm-hmm. So like, it's been, it's been a minute for me for any of that stuff, but at a large scale thing, like I, I can't see how Anthem opens, but I can't see how Anthem fails. Uh, for those that don't know, Anthem is essentially the anchor venue of this entire development in Southwest Washington, D.C. called the wharf. It's one train stop away from where the Washington nationals play. The mayor's already said, Pretty much until there's a vaccine, there will be no basketball, hockey, baseball games in the district. Football doesn't even play here, so I don't know what Maryland's going to do. But Anthem is a 1,200-seat venue. You guys are in Maryland, so it's a totally different set of rules. Anthem but... is actually about 5,000 people. Oh, is it really? Did yeah, I say 1,200? Uh, 930 is 1,200. 930, I apologize. Yes, yes, yes. it's massive. You guys are both massive. Very big. Um, I just... <sighs> I'm so torn because I I think that like everyone that I know that's reasonable would never go there, but I also know mm-hmm. that so many people that I know are reasonable are, are already like I gotta I gotta leave. Like I know someone that went to New Orleans, you know, like wow. two weeks ago. <laughs> they are brave, <laughs> or they're just single with like nothing to do. You know what I mean? That's and like, true. or not single, but they don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I already know like my behavior would be completely different if I didn't have a kid. Mm-hmm. That's so, fair. I think what you're going to see with a venue like Anthem, and this is speculation, but because they are bigger, they can hold maybe an artist that would normally play at the 930 club and do it socially distance in that venue. But would you enjoy that as a fan? Well, if it's that or nothing, I'd take that. But that, okay, but let's say that then the bars are closed and... I don't know how you do it in a way that doesn't make it seem weird as fuck. Like, 
The only <laughs> thing that I think works in this is like if we set up a bunch of drive-in theater venues. Which I definitely, that's already started. That's going to be a thing. Um, but I also have questions about that. Like how are there public restrooms and do you do concessions? Um, mm. How do you make the ancillary revenue that you do need to have these shows function at a profit? Yeah, you Especially don't. Especially when just... there's so many less people. <laughs> yeah. You just don't. Like mm -hmm. the only people making money are the people that own the parking lots. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a weird time. And hopefully the artists. It's a weird time. I think about this obviously every day because it's my livelihood, but I we're going to have to get creative. And are you thinking about new avenues of employment? Absolutely. I think everyone is just with yeah. the uncertainty. And for me, the most important part is being a part of the music industry. And there are other avenues. Um, but we also, everyone who works in live music is there for a reason. And we want to see that industry thrive. Um, and that industry is cocaine. And it's <laughs> difficult to do that alone consistently. Mm -hmm. And that's really what this is all about. Exactly. I can't imagine how this, how like someone's going to thrive in this. I just don't know whom or how, you know what I mean? It hasn't become clear. Someone has to set some sort of example of doing it right. And then I think everyone's going to copy whatever that is. But there's also going to be people who try stuff and it's weird and no one's going to want to do it. Didn't the flaming lips do like a, like six shows in like one day on the Mississippi river. Like they were on a boat or something like that. I didn't hear about that. It was a long time ago. Maybe that would work. Just like the band is like floating on a boat slowly <laughs> or the DJ, the artist, whatever. And then you people, catch two songs. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. It's just like massive speakers that could work. <laughs> that could be something that could work. Although people really have proven they can't gather in crowds right now. So have we to have space a, out. You've been to my house. You've been to my house. You've been mm -hmm. to the house. You've been, we have a yard <laughs> and we're like, we want to have people over, but like we feel safe because we could have, we could literally like rope off sections of the yard. Right. Yeah, you could. And like, and, and we feel relatively comfortable inviting one to two people over. Mm -hmm. But even that is like, well, we have to have like wipes for the bathroom and the doorknobs. <laughs> and, oh, absolutely. You have to be conscious like, of what everyone's touching. Yeah. And like, you it's still can't come inside. Like, no. cause there's a baby. It's like, so there's this whole like to do of like playing for literally one person. And we're not uh -huh. like probably going to get sued by our friends. I can't, like, I don't know how this is like, it, everyone's gonna have to sign a waiver before like shows start again or something. I didn't even think about that. If there are, our legal ramifications if someone comes to your establishment and they get COVID. Well, can they even prove that's where they got it? I exactly. guess, but you're putting a lot of thoughts in my head right now. <laughs> They're all negative. <laughs> um, I'm the only thing right now that I'm surprised at in the music industry is that Lollapalooza has yet to be canceled. Wow, I missed that. I the, just assumed that all festivals have canceled. No, they were the only, they're the like, I think the last holdout, Perry tweeted out something weird being like, we'll decide at the end of May. And that's now. That's um, now. Yeah. So whatever. Let's end with something. I think, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go for it. 
Oh, I, I think a lot of things too, when it comes to postponing and cancellation is just trying to get something else booked. So you, instead of coming out and saying everything's canceled, you could say everything has been rescheduled. Yeah, that's fair. Just more hopeful, but they're cutting it close. Um, let's close with some positive stuff. Is there anything currently on the books for where you work in the future? It might be a year, but is there anything currently on the books? I actually don't know the answer to that. Well, that's fine. That's not a good sign, though. <laughs> uh, you would know we if it have, was a good sign. We have shows, but you know everything's a moving target. So, what's the best thing you saw in 2019 or 2020? Ooh, you know the immediate thing that comes to mind. Last October, I saw Idols for the first time. Where and uh, at 9:30. And, uh, and I considered if I could have gone, going to New York two days later to catch them again, I fell wow. in love. They have got a loyal fan in me. Wow. They, have that you is seen a Fontaine's DC or DC Fontaine's? What is it? No, I, DC Fontaine's, I think, or yeah. Yeah, one of those. One I've of heard them, um, and listened to them cause I assumed they were from DC. Turns out that's not the case. Um, but no, I've never seen them. I don't know why I thought you might like them. I do. I do. Oh, good. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. <laughs> I like the I'm music. Digging. I've just never seen them. <laughs> um, what is one thing as soon as this is over that you're looking forward to doing? Oh, going to shows for sure. Um, I also really miss movies and it's not like I went to movies all the time, but for some reason, you mean like going to movies. Yeah. Like going to a movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Which one in that particular? Sounds- I don't even care. I had one of those um, AMC passes and mm-hmm. I would just go wherever there was free parking. Nice. And I like going to movies by myself and like getting a big fountain soda and just yeah. sitting there. Um, I, like I should have asked this at the start. Where are you right now? Ah, I am in my childhood bedroom. Got it. Hanging out with my dog. The ace, and you know, I'm loving this deal because the AC broke at my apartment and I had somewhere to go. So, so you haven't been, you, are you going back and forth between your apartment? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I go back and forth. No, your very apartment lucky. is in like a very formerly hip part of Washington, D.C. Because <laughs> there are no, there are no hip parts of Washington, D.C. right now. Um, are you glad you're stuck there? Yeah. You know what? I, I really like where I'm stuck because I'm in a neighborhood. I'm in a townhouse, not in a big apartment complex, which mm-hmm. if I had to go on an elevator every day, that might freak me out a bit. Got it. Um, and I've taken up running during this pandemic. Oh, um, so now I just run around my neighborhood and I'm seeing parts of it that I've never did before. So I, yeah, nice. I really like it. Lots of flowers, you know, <laughs> and now you're at, uh, you've moved a few miles and you're barely in Maryland. Are you in DC? <laughs> I am one block outside of um, DC at the moment. Well, yeah, so you're here. barely in Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. Is are people move, are people behaving differently in Maryland as they were in DC? Uh, more masks, fewer masks. Uh, do people cross the street if they're on the same side, et cetera? It's more um, suburbs versus city in ter- instead okay. of DC versus Maryland. Um, when I run around here, it's funny because I'm avoiding kids on scooters like the plague. They're just, they pop out of driveways. They're everywhere. And in DC, I'm avoiding people like hanging out on corners. Um, 
So it's just different demographics, obviously, but there's still people outside, but people are masked and they're mostly respectful. And in both places, like, yeah, mm-hmm. good. People are making good choices for the most part. I'm as far in, as I can see, you know where I'm at. I'm in, yes. uh, and today I walked to Tacoma, Maryland, and everyone's wearing a mask. And for the majority of it, uh, people cross the street because I have a stroller with me. And mm-hmm. all I'm saying, and this is not a controversial statement anyway whatsoever, is if if there's a person coming uh, during a global pandemic with a stroller and you don't have a stroller or a baby or anything, fucking move. Just get, go to the other side of the street. There's no... Go to the other side of the street. Don't make me do anything. I have a fucking stroller. It's not complicated. I have seen these poor parents with their kids and strollers, and then some are on bikes, and some are on scooters, and they're a whole pack. And it's so much easier for me to cross the street than it is for that pack to make an adjustment. Yeah, Does any part of this make you wish, like, oh, I wish I had my own kid right now? I have never, no offense, but I've never been happier to not have a kid. 